Well, uh, I'm going to share from God's Word a bunch of passages, so if you want to grab your Bibles. Um, I remember many years ago uh, when I was a youth pastor, um, I, I was scolded in an elder meeting uh, by one of the elders, and he said, as, as a youth pastor, sometimes you say, grab your Bibles, and it sounds unholy. Uh, um, and I responded to him in a just super respectful way, uh, and I said, um, I said, no, it's just a sense of urgency. It's just a sense of urgency. Grab your Bibles. Uh, obviously, I haven't changed my ways in the many years. Um, he went to heaven, so uh, that particular elder. So, anyways, um, uh, not this past week, but the prior week, uh, uh, a man, a black man, George Floyd, uh, died at the hands of a police officer. And uh, as is true in many things in our world today, uh, it was uh, caught on phone video. Uh, it's a dangerous world we live in, uh, especially as we do a lot of dumb things that people can catch it on video. Um, I, I'm mindful of that uh, as I do the surprise box each week, uh, that I, I'm fearful of this going on. Uh, and uh, m- many of you have watched these videos uh, of this man dying, and that in and of itself is problematic. I don't think that Uh, God's intention was for us to watch people uh, go from this life to the next uh, on video. I don't think that's God's intention. And uh, along with that, uh, really in response to that or at the opportunity of that, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement called for protests. And they have gone on and continue to go on uh, throughout our country. Um, the Black Lives Matter movement or uh, organization and uh, people who believe in the idea of Black Lives Matter have gone out to protest. But not only them, uh, different groups uh, loosely affiliated and not affiliated with them have gone out to protest as well. The Antifa groups, as well as it's been reported that white supremacists have also gone out, as well as counter groups have gone out. And obviously, as most of you have known and seen, uh, that uh, it's made a disaster of our country, uh, both the opportunities of rioting, uh, the, riot, the protests have turned into riots, um, they've taken to the streets, as well as police officers and protesters, rioters have uh, come together, and there's been conflict there. And uh, there have been many arrests, uh, many people hurt, and others even have died because of it. And so this is our world that we are in today. Um, I say that, I I share that just as kind of a backdrop of what I'm going to share this morning. Uh, What's happening in our world today? Uh, And really, can you see the world through God's eyes? Can you? And how, how do we do that? How do we see the world through God's eyes? Um, if you can imagine, we have just natural eyes. And, and some of us, uh, our eyesight's not very good. Uh, we wear glasses. Uh, I've shared with some of you that I don't like wearing glasses. I, I wear reading glasses. 
And so when I'm up here preaching, just realize that I can't read what my notes say, okay? Um, uh, we need to see the world not with our natural eyes, but through God's eyes to be able to, if we were, to take the glasses that would correct our vision, his glasses, and put them on that we might see things, not as we see them because of who we are, but that we would see things as he sees them. And that's what we're hoping to do today. Uh, And really, it's the idea of how to decode uh, the inputs that we have, the the videos that we've seen, the... um, the, the news that we read and the uh, news reporters that share with us their perspective, how do we decode that? And, and that's what we're going to try to do this morning. I, I want to share with you, there's two different perspectives, and we're only really dealing with one this morning. There's answers for the world, and there's answers for God's people. That's two different things. I, I, I want to say it's two totally different things. Um, we are only concerned here this morning, not with world problems, but with how the church responds in the world that we live in today. How do we see things? Um, The world has their own problems, and they have their own devices and their own methods to cure things. We'll touch on it just briefly, but really we're just concerned with who we are as the church, as God's people. It's not that we don't care about a lost world, but we realize that without Jesus, there is no answer, lasting answer that they might have. And so fearful to tell you this, uh, I have seven points this morning uh, that I want to share with you. And the first one's found in Proverbs chapter 18, uh, verse 17. Uh, You can turn there if you'd like. Uh, I want to tell you that I'm putting a couple of words together uh, I said I have seven points, but when I really listed them out, I had about 19. Uh, and so I've combined a few of them. And so uh, we're going to just have an hour-long service this morning. Uh, so I'm going to try to motor through these, and hopefully it be beneficial for our souls as we look at this. The first thing that we see through God's eyes at this world is filled with confusion and assumption. Confusion and assumption. And I, I want these words to help you. I, I hope that they do help you as you think about the way you're looking at the news, the way you're looking at your family, the way you're looking at uh, the future of what uh, our world is about. The first two words are confusion and assumption. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 17 says this, The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Um, it's interesting to me that this, uh, this man who died uh, happened in Minneapolis. Uh, who has not ever been to Minneapolis? Okay, there's quite a few of us here. I have, I have, I visited there. Um, I had a layover in a flight that uh, went there. In fact, I missed our flight, and then we had to get another flight. So I was there for four hours, I think, on the way to um, Ryan Boy's wedding in Atlanta, okay, 20 years ago or something like that. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Anyways, um, I was there for three or four hours, okay? I don't know Minneapolis. I don't know anything about it other than the twins play there, uh, and uh, 
Target's a big deal because they own the stadium that the Twins play in. That's all I know. Um, and there's a bunch of lakes there too, right? Okay. I could come up with some other things too. The Lakers used to be there. Anyways, um, but I don't know anything about Minneapolis. And yet I know that this event happened there because of the news. It's not close to uh, Tehachapi, Kern County. It's not in California. It's in another state far away. And yet uh, I know what went on there um, because of this phone picture. And, and yet um, most of us have some kind of opinion of what went on that day, who was right and who was wrong. And, and subsequently from that time, uh, we know some things. We know that the officer uh, got arrested and is charged with second-degree murder. We know that the other officers uh, have some judgment coming down upon them as well that were there. We, we also know uh, from reports that that officer had a history of somewhat rough treatment of uh, people that he was working uh, on, if you will. And uh, we realize also uh, that uh, that's, you know, this is what is being characterized. And so sometimes we think we know what's gone on. You may have heard other things as well. Maybe uh, you, you, you maybe even say, well, I saw it with my own eyes. I heard that he had done this. I heard that he was on drugs. I heard that uh, he was a criminal. I heard that he had uh, drugs in his possession that he dropped. Um, you know, once again, I heard the policemen had a history. I heard uh, police beat up people at, you know, they, that's what police do. We might have even seen um, rough treatment of protesters, rioters, and we say, see, that's police brutality. We saw it with our own eyes. We may have seen looting uh, from the Black Lives Matter movement and, and been told that there were these other groups there as well, Antifa or uh, white supremacists as well. We may have heard, and, uh, and so all these things causes us two things, confusion and assumption. Confusion and assumption. And Proverbs tells us this, that when you hear one side, when you hear one side, they seem right until they're questioned and the details come out. And, there's, and, and I want to just encourage you that... Um, we can't grasp and know all that's going on, even if we see it with our own eyes. I, I, I see these uh, protesters, rioters, and uh, you, you see this one little clip of this clash with police, and you go, wow, that's pretty rough. Um, and yet I, I know that um, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on. And uh, as we see this, to be able to say, um, I can't sort all this out. There's a lot of confusion in my own heart, and I don't want to jump to assumptions that I know what's going on. That may seem like a minor point, but I think it would be a helpful point for us to remember right now that uh, we can't be the judge and jury uh, of things that are going on uh, far away from us, Not we're not involved in. My second point this morning is, uh, Image and likeness, image and likeness. And you can turn to the book of Genesis chapter 1. And this is such an important point. I, I, you know, if all the points are very important because it's the scripture, but image and likeness, image and likeness. Um, 
I don't know uh, how much you've looked into uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, You can go on their website. Uh, You can find out a lot about them, what they desire and where they came from. But also, uh, Black Lives Matter is just uh, uh, three words, right? Uh, They communicate clearly, they communicate clearly a message, right? Black Lives Matter. And, and we all know what that is, that message. So there's a movement, but there's also uh, just a phrase. Um, and so I want to make that distinction this morning, even before we get uh, to the passage in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says this, and this is creation account. Uh, the voice of God, and it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And then it says, And let them, meaning man, have dominion. Have dominion. And it goes on to describe what man is to do. In that small verse, uh, we hear something glorious, something amazing, that God didn't fashion Man, like he did uh, animals or trees or even the earth, he didn't just create it. He just didn't sculpt man. He says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Let, Let us make man connected to us, not to the earth, not to the animals, not even to the universe, but to us. Uh, We see that plural in there and we realize that Persons of the Trinity speaking with one another. And so we realize that man, mankind, people, Adam and Eve and all their descendants have been created in the image and likeness of God. This is critical for you to think clearly about life right now. It's critical. It's critical for you to remember As you think about what's happening in the news, it's critical for you to remember what goes on even at the prison here in our own city. Made in the image and likeness of God. If you study this, there's different places in the scripture. This comes up again after this. And in Genesis chapter 9 verse 6, you see a passage on the shedding of blood, the killing of someone. And it Uh, connects the danger of shedding blood with shedding blood for people that were made in the image of God. You look in the book of James in the New Testament, James chapter 3 verse 9, it it warns against cursing men, talking talking down to men, uh, specific people, and it says, don't do that. Why? Because they're made in the image of God. This is why, this is why black lives matter. That's why. It has nothing to do with where people have come from. It has nothing to do with even something good in and of themselves. Black lives matter because they were made in the image and likeness of God. That's why that's important. Think about that. Don't don't fight things in your heart. We we may have prejudice and we may struggle with racism, but that all gets shoved aside when we understand 
the eyes of God. How does he look upon people who are black? He says their lives matter. Not just their lives, but their souls matter. Because I've made them in my image and likeness. I want to make a distinction here. Once again, I I alluded to this just briefly. But the organization Black Lives Matter... um, you can go like I want to encourage you to go on their website and figure out their goals for these protests, as well as they have a kind of a doctrinal statement, if you will, on their website. Go through it and uh, have an open mind. Have an open mind as you go through it. And this is what I'll tell you. I'll, I'll pollute you into uh, even before you've gone there. Is many of the things that they are for, we agree with totally. We agree with totally. And others, I hope you violently in your own heart disagree with. Because they're wrong. And so they're a mixed bag. And so as a movement, uh, as an organization, I would never, I would never support them. As for the phrase, Black Lives Matter, uh, you you could even, it's not in the scripture, but as you connect it with the teaching of the image and likeness of God, of course they do. Of course they do. In fact, all lives matter. Um, black lives. It, it's interesting as you as you study history, uh, we haven't just been bad to black people, right? You know, immigrants, immigrants of you know many different nationalities, we have treated poorly. I think of uh, I, I was talking to my wife about this last week, and I said, yeah, the Chinese. And she, she says, no, the Japanese. And I'm like, what is she talking about? And I forgot about the internment camps, <laughs> right? I was thinking of the railroad workers, the Chinese, the Japanese, the Native Americans, right? Uh, there's different times and places where uh, as people, we, people have, one people group has persecuted another, um, I don't say this jokingly, but it's not my problem. My dad's from Germany, right? He treated people bad from, you know, my ancestors treated people bad, not on, the, you know, not on this soil, other soils, right? Um, my dad grew up till he was really 10 uh, in Nazi Germany. And, uh, and he grew up in an educational system that that's what they taught uh, to their children, they taught how to march at recess. That sounds like fun. I played kickball. Um, and so uh, you get this picture. You realize that history shows that it's not just the blacks that have been treated poorly and like their lives ha- haven't mattered, but it's also been uh, Native Americans. It's been Chinese. It's been Japanese. It's really been all kinds of different people in all kinds of different situations and cities and towns depending on the time. Um, all lives matter. Uh, the unborn matters, right? Uh, the womb, uh, abortion, of course. Um, the people who are struggling with life and uh, thinking through, attempting to take their life, those lives matter. Old people matter. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 The young matter. The young matter. Um, the rich matter. The poor matter. 
It's been interesting. Uh, remember, we are struggling with the coronavirus, too. I just want to keep that before you. That's why you're not sitting in every row right now, okay? Um, uh, the heart patients matter, right? Um, I think that you got to be careful. Some of us have gotten uh, concerned about getting the coronavirus, and you've forgotten about getting heart disease. I'm not, I'm not trying to worry you. Some of you are going... I should have been worried about that, right? And all the things I ate during quarantine, you know. Uh, I, I, I joke about that, but uh, our brother Chuck Schaefer, he had surgery this week, right? Uh, double bypass surgery. He's doing well. Was it this week or? I think it was. Yeah. What day is it? Uh, um, we have, we have people that are struggling with all kinds. We have cancer patients, right? We got the top two: heart, heart. Uh, Deaths and cancer deaths are the top two. Uh, and, and sometimes we say, well, the coronavirus is the most important. I don't know if it is. Uh, we we got to think of all people. we got to think of students, right? Students. You know, what are we gonna, not going to educate our kids for the next couple of years because we're concerned about sickness? Are we going to, uh, like, put them on? Yeah, I know we have a big campus at the high school, and we can spread people out, like, miles and miles apart. Uh, it, what's most important? What, whose lives matter? Well, what is it that's most important? What about uh, waitresses and hairdressers, right? Uh, people have been trying to make it happen and uh, patching things together. And we say, no, you, you can't do what you're supposed to do because it's too dangerous. What about cops and firefighters? You know, if... Uh, as you look at whose life matters, as you're looking at protests, riots, uh, just re- remind yourself, that guy's life matters right there. This guy's life matters. This guy's life. And, this li- and, and as we go through and we see different colors, different actions, different uniforms, we say each one of their lives matters. Not because we decided it, but because God created them. So important for us to remember that. That's not your ideas. That's not my idea. That's God's idea. Um, I just want to pull back a little bit and just say this, that uh, as I've listened, uh, a couple of things I want to tell you right now. Um, My message this morning isn't that great. Isn't that great? There's a better message that, that you can hear and I've lured you in right now. It's going to be online. Uh, I'm going to post it online to our Facebook page, our YouTube page, by Vody Bachman uh, this afternoon. I want to, uh, if you're interested in this at all, you need to listen to it. You need to listen to it. Uh, he's a, a great uh, preacher. He's a black man. And uh, he knows more about this stuff than I ever will. And so I want to encourage you to um, Watch, listen to that. I also I'm going to post a video of a song that Zach and I love. Uh, this world needs Jesus, and I'll be encouragement to you as well. Okay. Don't tune me out. I'm still going. Okay. Um, I just want to tell you this: as a pastor, as a former youth pastor, uh, young uh, black men, young black women. Uh, Young people of all colors and races here in the United States, the biggest issue is not police brutality. It's not equality. 
the biggest issue for youth today is the rejection of God. It's the rejection of God. And the emptiness to their life that comes after that and the frustration and anger that comes because they don't have a relationship with their creator. And the the subsequent sins that they have replaced, uh, God, uh, they've taken these sins and in their rejection of God in the place where God should have been, they put this, the sexual sins, the abuse of alcohol and drugs and the loneliness and emptiness that come after it. That's the biggest problem. It's not police brutality. It's not that police brutality doesn't happen. In instances, and in different places, maybe more instances than others. But that's not the biggest issue. We move on to number three. Wickedness and lawlessness. Wickedness and lawlessness. In Romans chapter 3, many of you learned this verse. It says, for all have sinned. For all have sinned. And from that passage, probably one of the... uh, clearest ones but it throughout the the scriptures it it calls us sinners for all have sinned for all have sinned and and we need to remember that and and that should be the lens that we look at the world through um when you uh i hope that none of you deny that police brutality exists i realize that we are a church uh, that has a lot of correctional officers and a lot of policemen. Even in these last weeks, uh, some of our men have been in harm's way and having to be a part of protecting uh, protests and right. Like they, they've been there. But I hope that none of you would say a policeman would never do that. Why? You don't need to know policemen to know. You don't need to watch the news to know. You need to look at the scripture and realize that it says, for all have sinned. For all have sinned. We have this picture of mankind, every person, as being a sinner. You know who is a sinner? Well, policemen are sinners. Firefighters are sinners. Pastors are sinners. So sometimes we, we get this picture, and I guess I can talk about this. Uh, but when we hear of a pastor doing vile and, and, and incredibly horrible things, we go, I can't believe it. Why? Have you not read the scriptures? For all have sinned. Policemen, firemen, pastors, School teachers, doctors, lawyers. Everyone believed that anyways, right? Uh, I, I, look, I look at this, and, and, and for us to be shocked when sinful people give way to their own sinfulness, we go, I can't believe it. I want to tell you, believe it, because the Scripture says it. For all of sin, there's wickedness in this life and in this world. There's white-collar crime and gang violence. They're both the display of the wickedness of man's heart. I say wickedness, and then I would say lawlessness. 
in Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, I just say verse 3 because we're going to skip over some things. But Jesus was speaking at the Mount of Olives. Um, and he, he says this, he says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. And then he describes this time as uh, birth pains, right? I'm going to talk to you about childbirth right now because I know so much about it. No, I'm not. Uh, there's uh, the precursors to childbirth, right? There's the, the warning signs that it's coming. And then there's the actual event. And he says, these warning signs are going to be like this. Wars and rumors of wars. He goes on to say, uh, down in verse 9, he says, then, uh, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all the nations for my namesake. Sake. And then... Um, I have too many pages of notes today. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will incre- be increased, the love of many will grow cold. Lawlessness. This is what we're seeing. Whoa. That was awesome. You got me? Somebody? Oh, hey. The Word of God. Uh, Are we fixed? That was pretty cool the way you did that, Brandon. What was I talking about? Lawlessness. Thank you. Uh, Because of lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. Everyone is equally sinful. And there's a potential in all of us to ruin our lives, ruin the lives of the people around us, and be a menace to society. Lawlessness. Um, If you go back to the Black Lives Matters website, you can see that there are two main goals for these protests are to defund the police and their call to end systemic racism that allows a culture of corruption to go unchecked and the lives and our lives to be taken. Um, I would challenge, I'm not going to talk much about it, the idea of systemic racism. Uh, systemic racism means that it's everywhere and it's embedded in all of culture. That's not true. That's not true. And the reason I say it's not true is because uh, previous to this president, we had a black president, uh, Oprah Winfrey, LeBron James, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, right? Uh, Amazing uh, Ben Carson, right? Uh, You can, as a black person, as a white person, Asians, you, you can go as far as you can go in many areas in all of life. And the idea that this world is totally, our, our nation is totally polluted with racism is wrong. Is wrong. Racism is a problem. But it's not that it, it's in every area and core. And so I, the word systemic, you can look that up too. The definition is that it's that fills the whole body, it's the thing that goes everywhere. Um, I heard someone try to say it and they said systematic. And it, they, they were trying to sound smart and they. Didn't sound that smart. So anyways, 
Um, back to the defunding of the police. Why will that not work? I, I'm game if they are. But, you know, you know, right? If our whole world can get together and say we don't need police anymore, I'm game. Uh, I had a report, a uh, young man in our church, he got a new gun yesterday. Uh, went to uh, a gun store down in L.A. Had to wait two hours to go inside. You know why? Because everyone was buying guns. Why? Because they thought that the police wouldn't protect them enough, so they needed to have their own guns. This is, do you understand how this isn't working very well, right? Uh, do, do we want more people with, actually, do we want people like myself with guns? You know, uh, it's a dangerous thing. Like uh, my brother-in-law told me one time, he said, oh, that'd be a bad deal. You know, the pray and spray method, you know, uh, um, you're just not that careful with those things. But uh, I want to tell you, to defund the police, we could take all the police officers off the streets and just let whatever's going to happen, happen. Is that a good idea? That's a terrible idea. And then uh, we go and we all buy guns and then we, uh, you know, shoot across the street. And like, why? Think about this. Think about this. Uh, This doesn't make sense. And so um, the idea that we would defund the police um, is a terrible idea, as well as um, as well as believing that um, there's systemic racism. I think that it's very important for us as God's people to love each and every person around us. That we would love our neighbor. And by the way, your neighbor does not live in Minneapolis. Your neighbor is not in some other city. It's not in New York or Detroit or Cleveland or uh, Texas. It, it's the people around us. And I want to tell you, be, be uh, I think it's easy for us to uh, sit and watch the television and go, man, my heart is so burdened for that guy right there and, and that lady right there. And you're never going to meet those people. And yet there's people around you right now that you need to care about. You need to love them. You need to care for them in your church as well as in our community here. Um, Where are we? Okay. Which brings us to the sword and leadership. The sword and leadership. Number four. In Romans chapter 13, and we went over this in 1 Peter 2 as well, but in Romans 13 it says this, For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority. Uh, Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant uh, for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is a servant of God and an avenger uh, who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. I'll just go on to read 1 Peter 2. We talked about that you know, maybe two and a half months ago, it says, be subject to the, for the Lord's sake uh, to every human inst- institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to the governor as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. I, I, what I want you to get is this, the sword, meaning, you know, that, that idea, that weapon of punishment, you got the weapon, you have punishment, you have political leaders, judges, cops, military, correctional officers. Why are these people in place? 
They're in place to punish or restrain evildoers. And, and you say, well, that, that, why can't we all just get along? Why can't we all, uh, why do we need that? It's real simple. We already went over it for all have sinned, right? Apart from, uh, really, this is how this goes. We have, for believers, we have the Spirit of God restraining us. And if we're unbelievers, we have the sword restraining us. The authority of uh, political leaders, judges, uh, and those instruments, those soldiers, if you will. You, you think about this in Jesus' time. We had Roman soldiers, right? They were carrying out the orders. They were constraining and, and, and restraining uh, society uh, in ways that were helpful for them to exist. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 13 says this, but a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense. Another passage as well from the book of Proverbs that says a similar thing. This idea that punishment, punishment is good for the evildoer. Why? Because it trains him and it trains onlooking people that they too are, are not to be lawless. So we have the sword and leadership. This is why the idea of defunding the police is a bad idea. Maybe training the police differently and using more tactics and having more tools at their disposal and, and different things. It's very, you know, the, the idea of restraining lawlessness is a very complicated thing. Number five, diversity and unity. Diversity and unity. And now we, we really turn back to the Christian community. I don't know what they're going to do out there. But this is what God has called us to do in here, right here. This is so important for us to get. This is so important for our church. Diversity and unity. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, it says this, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is... Uh, no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. There, there's other passages that share a similar idea to this, this idea that there are distinctions. There are distinctions. Um, it's important. Um, people are different. People are different. They look different, come from different backgrounds, different ages. Some of you are old. Some of you are young. I'm just reaching my prime here. I'm middle age. Uh, I'm neither old nor young. I'm 51. I'm probably closer to old than I am young. Uh, it's all how you feel, right? I'm old. Okay, there we go. Uh, people are different. Uh, you can see those things on the outside. It's part of God's creation to make us different. Old, young, white, black. There are people from California. There are people who grew up in New York, and there are some Okies even here with us today. Um, there are people who grew up rich. There are people who grew up poor. Uh, there are people who 
uh, have struggled with health problems and there's people who have uh, extremely good health. There's diversity in the body of Christ that can be acknowledged and it's good for us to acknowledge this. It's not something that we should go, everyone's the same here. Don't, don't, mention, don't, don't mention any differences, okay? But as we mention our differences and we acknowledge our differences, we claim the unity that comes from Jesus Christ. It's the only thing. And it, it's really, uh, I'll say it this way, um, <clears throat> unity in Jesus Christ is our treasure, is our treasure. It's a thing that we have that the world does not have. Uh, they cannot gather around uh, Jesus Christ because they don't have him. They're not his. They haven't been changed, transformed by the gospel. You know what is the best they can do in the world? Is sports. Have you ever, you know, those of you who have played sports, you know what I'm talking about, right? You get on a team. And you, you, you look at your team and you go, I don't even like most of these people. But, but we got a game to play. we got a game to play. And you have a role to do and I have a role to do. And we have a common enemy, that of the team. And we're going to beat them. We're going to work together. And you might be rich and I might be poor. Or you might be black and I might be white. And we, we might be in different grades or whatever. We're playing sports. We're on the team together. We wear the same jersey. Sports is the best they can do. Or maybe it's choir. Maybe it's a symphony. Maybe it's a job even. They work together. Maybe it's the military even. I think of many of you that I've talked to, you've been in the military. You've met people from different parts of the country that you had to live together. You had to work together. You had to learn to walk together, fight together. It's the best they can do. It's not enough. But it's the best they can do. For us here as the body of Christ, we have unity. We have diversity, but we also have unity in Jesus Christ. Number six. I just want to say these two words, unseen and enemy. Unseen and enemy. I've mentioned this before, and it's super important for us to remember Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, meaning we don't wrestle against people. Our fight is not with people. As you look at the disputes even that we would have here in our own midst, our fight is not against one another. That's not the problem. Sometimes we say it this way. Well, I'm having a problem. Well, what's your problem? And you, you, you answer with their name, right? That's my problem. I want to tell you, that's not your problem. It's not your kids. It's not your wife. It's not, it's not your husband. It's not your parents. It's not your neighbor. It's not your coworker. Look at it again. Chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against co- the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. There's stuff going on that we don't see. Satan and his, uh, his cohort, if you will, are at, well, alive and well. They're working. 
And, and I'll say it this way. They want you to participate. Hey, come with me. They come with me. They want to stir you up, stir you up so that you will not be led by the Spirit, not be controlled, restrained by the Spirit of God, not be directed by the Scriptures, but directed by the mob. That you would participate in the sinful schemes of the enemy. Which leads us to my last two words, grace and compassion. Grace and compassion. And those two words, there could have been more. I just wanted to be cute and just have those two words like the rest of my points. But you could put mercy and patience and forgiveness. You see, in, there's probably 10 passages that talk about this. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Grace and compassion. I think it's easy for us to get wound up and as you watch the news and you say, how can people be so stupid? How come they don't agree with me? How come they don't see what I see? How, how, how come they don't know that they're ruining our country? Maybe even you think about that as you think about the sins uh, against one another and the the opinions and the fights and the attitudes within our church. And I want to tell you that this is very simple for you to get through, and you can get it. You can get it. As God has treated you, as He has shown you grace, compassion, patience, patience. Um. Some of us are uh, impatient people when it comes to others. We say, how can they be so stupid? I need to go talk to them. And once I explain to them how wrong they are, they will agree with me and they won't be so stupid and it won't bother me so much anymore. I want to tell you, the Lord's been patient to you. Patient. Another word he uses is long-suffering. He suffered a long time with you. Continues to do so, right? So as the Lord has treated us, we are called to treat one another. We are called to extend the same things that God has extended us to those people that, that need it, that need it. To not write them off, to not kick them to the curb, to not uh, put an X on them and say, I'm done with you. Grace and compassion. There's much more that could be said, but I told you we we're going to do an hour, so we're just going to do an hour and 10 minutes. Um, let me pray for us, and then we'll share in communion together. God, we thank you for the blessings of this life. Uh, we thank you that you are a God who loves and cares for us, that has extended us grace and compassion when we deserved your wrath and your judgment. 
God, we realize that uh, this life is filled with problems. I pray that as God's church, we would look at life through your eyes and walk accordingly. Powered by the Spirit of God, not by our flesh, not by a mob mentality, not by selfishness and pride, not by anger, but that we would walk with you. God, we love you. We ask that you'd continue to build your church right here in this place. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.